If you have your Bibles, I want you to get those, and if you would stand in honor of the reading of the Word tonight, I sometimes uh, do not do that, but I want to take just a moment uh, to read these scriptures. Praise God. We have, I'm reading a few tonight, just a few, and I am going to begin um, a series, and I'm hoping to get it finished in two Wednesdays, Amen. Uh, this Wednesday and next Wednesday, and I know the crowd is uh, uh, not as large as normal, but that's all right. Uh, it's it's worth you, amen. <laughs> it's worth. I, I'm I'm ready to uh, deliver this to you for the next two weeks, and if it so be takes longer, that's fine. That's fine. Romans chapter five, First Corinthians thirteen, and First John three. Romans chapter five, First Corinthians thirteen, and First John three is where we'll be reading from. Amen. I'll give you a few minutes to mark if you want to mark and get ready. Amen. Romans 5 and verse 8. But God commandeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Is anybody thankful for that? I know that's probably the question that would usually come after that reading of Scripture, but I am thankful that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. And I'll never stop being thankful for that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. Though I speak with the tongue of man and of angels and have not charity, somebody say love. I am become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Would you look at your neighbor and say, I love you. <laughs> look at him again and say, I mean it. I really do love you. I don't want to be a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Anybody else? <laughs> and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Wow. Why don't you look at your neighbor again and say, I love you. Amen. Amen. And though I love you too, Brother Lee, very much. And though I bestow all my goods... To feed the poor, and though I give my body to be buried, burned, I'm sorry, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. It's <laughs> pretty good, ladies and gentlemen. Does anybody love the word that we're reading right now? Hmm. Charity, beneath not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. All the men say amen. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Somebody say the truth. truth. 
beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things. Look at this last one, ladies and gentlemen. Endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Somebody say amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. I'm just taking a little bit of time. Is that okay? First John chapter 3 and verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knoweth him not. Listen to verse 2. Beloved, we'll, we'll revisit this again next week. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear that we shall be. But we know that we shall, he shall appear. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Praise God. For the next two Wednesdays, I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to preach, I'm going to talk about, amen, he loves, so we will love. He loves, so we will love. Will you lay your Bibles down, and would you please just lift your hands, lift them high just for a moment before you say a word. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift your hands high to Jesus? And the first word you say, would you let him know, I love you too, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to be with each other, to be with the family of God, Lord, to love each other, to care for each other, Lord, to reach for each other. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross that we might have a life and life more abundantly. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much, to, for actually doing, Lord, what you set out to do, and that was to lay your life down for each and every one of us. And we thank you, Lord. We honor you tonight, and we give you praise, and we desire to learn about you. We desire to know you, and we desire to live how you want us to live. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. I know you've shaken people's hands and talked to people, but would you shake someone's hand, maybe step across the aisle, wave at somebody, tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. You may be seated. Amen, amen. God is love. God is love. As we read about 1 John 
1 John. Here's a moment ago. God is love. More than any of his myriad of attributes, we like to think of God as one who possesses and propagates the characteristic of love. Perhaps this is because there is an inherent deep longing. I talked a little bit about this on Sunday. In the innermost part of every human to truly be loved. We have a longing to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have a longing to be loved. And we instinctively know that love is a continuous thread woven throughout the tapestry of God's dealings with you and me. Amen. The Bible shows us that even when people are dumb, he still loves. It's amazing. So when my children do things that are not very smart, I love them so very much the more. And the reason that I have to do that is because I, too, have done a many a dumb things in my spiritual life, but Jesus Christ still loves me. And he has shown us throughout the history of his word that when his people did dumb things, he still loved them. Amen? The mathematician would say that Love is God's least common denominator. It is that factor which, when applied to every other, brings it to its most basic state. Divine love is that denominator. It is universal in its appeal. It crosses all boundaries of class culture, nationality, and race. The power of God's love, however, is not limited to the range of its appeal. Its real power is found in what it does to its recipients. <laughs> I am thankful, truly thankful for the love of Jesus Christ. I read 1 Corinthians slow for a moment is so we would grab a hold of his love for you and I. Jesus, when he loves us, it does something to us. It can change us. It can transform us. It can cause us to reconsider life. Amen? Have you ever told someone that was on the brink of maybe taking their life or statements and you've looked at them and said, Jesus loves you. It wasn't about you loving them, but when you told them that Jesus loved them, Maybe it was the first time that they ever heard that. And you begin to explain them. Maybe the scriptures that we read tonight. It wasn't that you said, I love you, but 
Jesus loves you. And in that statement, it did something to the recipient. It's only the love of Jesus that can truly do something to the person. It's that transforming force of God's love. It enables those who have received it, listen to me, to reproduce it. Hey, praise God. He loves, so we will love. He loves you, sir, and you, ma'am, so you can also love. Praise God. Only by experiencing this love through a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, the earthly manifestation of heavenly love, are we empowered to exhibit this attribute ourselves? Praise God. I do not want to be a church that just has a slogan. Love God, serve others. Live for God, share with others. I don't want to just be a church that has a slogan. I want to be a church that actually does what the slogan says. Which brings me to what I'm going to talk about for the next two weeks because I want us, and we'll end with what we are trying to do in our community, but I want to talk about this because we have to, we will never understand, truly grasp and totally grasp the love of our God, but I want us to get some understanding of his love. God's character is love. God's character is love. The source of true love. Because of man's fallen state, it is difficult for him to ascertain the essence of real Love. His attempt to love while in a corrupt condition have resulted in a distorted perception of what love is and how it is displayed. Much of what the world thinks of as love is a sense-centered, carnal, pseudo-love that has been manufactured to suit the taste of pleasure-oriented modern, modern society. It's all about what we want to feel. It's what's been manufactured. It's not a true love. To find an uncorrupted form of love we must look at an uncorruptible source. And that is our God. God's love is pure because God himself is pure. Love emanates from God because it puts, because it is part of his holy character. It is put to where we need to see it. And where we can see it only through his word and through experience. When we experience the love of Jesus Christ, then we can better understand the love of Jesus Christ. 
I want to encourage you tonight if you feel like nobody loves me, everybody hates me, you want to eat some worms. I'm here to tell you what I talked about a moment ago. Jesus loves you. I know it's simple and I know it's simplistic in statement, but it's truly not. It is profound because when we can grab a hold of, it doesn't matter if he or she or they love me, but God loves me. If we could realize that and grasp that in our heart and our spirit, there is something that will change inside of you, inside of me. Man can only comprehend God's love as it is experienced in his life. It must be a revelation that comes from experience. Somebody say, i got to experience God's love. I'm going to try to stay focused, but I want to say this. If you have a hard time loving, then you need to experience the love of Jesus Christ. If you have a hard time saying I love you or feeling love, then you need to experience Jesus Christ's love. How do I do that, Pastor Darren? First and foremost, you need to lift your hands and say, God created me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit. Cast me not away from you, Lord. Begin to worship and begin to magnify his name. And you'll feel the love of Jesus Christ come to where you are. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It must be an experiment, experiential revelation to have relevance in your life. We speak of God's love in terms such as merciful, long-suffering. Somebody say long-suffering. I am thankful for long-suffering. There wasn't very many amen, so I'm just, amen, Lord. So I'm thankful for long suffering. Sacrificial, gracious, and redemptive. These are ways that God has shown his love for his creation, mankind. Our most intrinsic spiritual and emotional need is to be loved. Thankfully, God is love. Thankfully, we have a God that is, the, is love. Therefore, his supply of love to meet each and every one of us is overwhelming. It can be given to each and every person in this room. It can't be exhausted for God is love. It can't be extinguished because God is love. He is the one that loves, but he is also love. God's actions that reveal his love. If you want to take a note, I would encourage you to. His character. His character is love. He's our creator. He is the one that created you and I, our hands, our toes, our fingers, our being. Creation was God. God's initial act of love toward mankind. His purpose in giving life to man was that he might enter into a loving relationship with God. I stated on Sunday morning that I am a relationship preacher. And the reason that I am a relationship preacher because God desires to have a loving relationship with you and me. 
So it is important. Yes, I want you to shout. Yes, I want you to dance. Yes, I want you to serve in ministry. But the most important thing that you could ever do is develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to open doors. I want you to teach Sunday school classes. I want you to teach Bible studies. I want you to do all those things. But the number one thing that you need to do is build a relationship with him for yourself. I can't be adamant enough about that. We have to build a relationship with him ourselves. And we got to get some comprehension and some understanding of his love so we can love how he loves us. A lot of times I've seen it. And people can disagree with me if they want, but I'm starting to get to the age, Brother Jonathan, that I feel like I've lived a little bit. And people... Come into the church, if you will. I'm just going to talk for a little bit. And they receive the power of the Holy Ghost in their life. And they get baptized in Jesus' name. And before they build a relationship with Him, they're running to everybody and telling them about everything that's been done. and God's been doing to them. But they, they live in the excitement of what God did that moment. But they've never sat down to dinner with Him. They've never knelt before him and talked to him and built a relationship with him and said, hey, I love you because what you did for me, but I want to love you and everything's going wrong and everything's going great. And that's only built in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. As our creator, he is our creator. Somebody say our creator. Before man's fall into sin, this fellowship was conducted in an intimate, personal way. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Genesis 2 and verse 15. We'll go to 19 and then chapter 3 and verse 8 as well. And I want to point something out just for a second. Listen to verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. I want to give you some responsibility and I'm going to build this relationship with you. Verse 19. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam. Listen to this. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If I'm making something, I, I want to name the something. But there was a relationship that you name them. You take care of it. Listen to what it said. And brought them to Adam to see, that he would, to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. He got to name them. But then listen. Chapter 3 and verse 8. Something changed. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam 
and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. There was no obstacles beforehand. There was no obstructions beforehand. There was a relationship and some trust there. But now there was some obstructions between God's pure presence and mankind. And that was sin. That was sin. When man fell into sin, he erected or built, if you will. I say built because it was a decision. It was something that they decided to do. They built a barrier between himself and his creator. No longer would God's holiness allow him to interact and have that close relationship because God's holy. And when you have done something that is not holy, that sin-stained character will build a barrier there. The further man drifts from God, the less he understands the loving purpose behind life. Church, I'm just going to talk for a little bit. That's what happens right here in this building. People say, I love you, Jesus. But they begin to drift away. I don't know, maybe from reading God's word. Maybe from a daily prayer life. I'm not saying that you got to wail every single day. I'm not saying that you got to build your own wailing wall, no disrespect, and wail in front of that wall every day and cry out. But you have to have a prayer life with Jesus. You have to have a dinner table relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you scream at your house, and I'm not talking about that, don't scream at Jesus. But I'm talking about have, you have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus every day. You can't, you can't just have a working relationship with Jesus Christ. And go home. You have to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ every single day. And if you don't, you'll begin to drift away from Jesus. You'll begin to drift. I love him. I come to church on Sunday. The old saying is, the devils believe that there is one and they tremble. So you came to church four Sundays out of this month. I'm glad, but la-ti-da. What's more important is what happens from Sunday 12 p.m. until Wednesday 7 p.m. And then Wednesday about 8 o'clock if I hurry up until Sunday 9.30 a.m. That's what's most important. That's building a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's understanding that what reveals God's love is his, that he is our creator. And I want to have a relationship with the creator. I understand that in him I live and I move and I have my being. So I'm going to get to know him as my creator. 
Amen. God's actions that reveal his love. He's our father. Although God's just nature requires that he judge sin, his judgment is tempered by his love. In doing so, he becomes the perfect father figure. Daddies, hmm. I'm going to tell you something. Today, in my house, right here, it helped me. Right here, I love my son. Praise God. And I wanted to judge a mess up. I wanted to judge it big time. But it was tempered by my love for that blonde-headed boy. Amen. His just nature requires that he judge sin. His judgment is tempered by his love. In doing so, he becomes the perfect father figure. Malachi chapter 2 and verse 10. Have we not... All one Father. Hath not one God created us? As the Father of humanity, God exercises His superior wisdom on our behalf, chastening, correcting, and disciplining for the betterment of His children. Praise God. All of His commandments are statements of His love. Their underlining motive is to guide us out of sin and back into God's arms. Man, I'm glad he loves me. I'm glad that there are commandments that teach me and show me. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I want to preach right now. I'm thankful for it because his commandments, his commandments are telling me, no, this way. Now, I, nope, too close to the edge. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. I'm putting a guardrail there. His commandments are putting me back in his arms, Brother Trevor. Oh, I'm thankful for the love of Jesus Christ. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knoweth him not. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now I want you to listen right now. Those who are carnal do not perceive the fatherly instinct that guides God's law. If you're carnally minded... You don't get it. I can't make you get it. You can't go through deeper life enough to get it. Praise God. You can't hear enough one God, Holy Ghost, come out from among them messages. You have got to become spiritually minded. Let 
The book guides you and leads you. Quit. We have got to quit. Well, I think this and I think. We can't do I think this and I think that. We can't live spiritually with this is what I think. No, what does the Bible say? Oh, somebody clap your hands for a moment. I want to say it again. Those who are carnally minded, those who are carnal, do not perceive the fatherly instinct that guides God's law. Consequently, they not only disagree or disregard or put away his commandments themselves, but also do not comprehend why those who serve God would choose such a lifestyle. I know you want your friends, and I want my friends, and people I love to be spiritually minded, but I can't make them spiritually minded. The only way that they can become spiritually minded is if they sit at the dinner table with Jesus and they eat from this book and they talk to him and say, God, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence. I want to know who you are. I want to feel after you. I want you to lead me and guide me and direct me. That's it. It's the only way it's going to happen. They won't comprehend it any other way. They view it as a form of bondage. But those who have experienced the true fatherly love of God, we know better. And I want to know more about God. I want to know more about his love. I want to comprehend his love. I want to, I'm I'm never going to fully comprehend it, but I want to get some understanding of it. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go to Romans 8 if you would. I got to hurry. Amen. I got to hurry. Ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Oh, hallelujah. Would you raise your hands just for a moment right now? Jesus, we want your spirit living inside of us. God, I want your spirit, Lord. I want it dwelling inside of me from the very top of my head to the very sole of my foot. In the name of Jesus, Lord, every part of me, Lord, I want your spirit to dwell inside of me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God's actions that reveal his love. Our creator, our father, and as savior. The ultimate expression of God's love for mankind is found in his manifestation in the form of man. To redeem, oh praise God, 
to redeem mankind from his sins. In doing so, God made a way for mankind to return to an intimate relationship with himself. Praise God. As they shared at the beginning of all time in the garden, they had that intimate relationship. And I'm thankful. Anybody thankful for the cross? Anybody thankful for the cross? He saved us. He saved us, Sister Christina, so we could have the same kind of relationship that he had with Adam and Eve. <laughs> do you want, do we get it? It was perfect. And then it all got messed up. But everything he did was to get back to that same kind of relationship again. He literally came in the form of a little bitty baby, lived for a very short time, was made fun of, spit upon, cat of nine tails on his back, flesh ripped from his body, crown of thorns on his head, spear shoved in his side. And it was for one purpose that you and I would have the opportunity to have the same kind of relationship as the people that messed it up a long time ago. Man, our Savior. He's our Savior. He is our Savior. He is, it goes back to that song, Sister Alicia. Does he still feel the nails every time I fall? I've got to get it. I've got to comprehend it. I've got to get an understanding of him as my Savior. He's my Savior. Praise God. What is especially amazing about this act of love is that God made the provision with no guarantee that mankind would respond to the offer. That doesn't sound like a very good investment. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to get a return on this, but here I go. I'm going to jump down here on earth I'm I'm going to take the chance on people that I don't even know if they care or not I don't even know if they'll give a rip if I do this but here I go I don't know about you but that sounds like love that sounds like I don't care if they're going to care or not. I don't care if they're going to take me up on this or not, but here I go. I love them that much to take the chance. Man, my Savior. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. It says it. And sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Herein is love. This is what love looks like. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his 
his son. He sent himself. Robed in flesh. Hmm. For our sins. To pay for our sins. To have that relationship. And so this is what it does. I mean, can I just stop for a moment? I'm, I'm, I'm almost done for today. But I want to stop for a moment. And we won't give him 10 minutes a day. We burn up rubber trying to get to the job on time. But we haven't even said, how, how are you doing, Jesus? I love you. Thank you for loving me first. Now, I don't think anybody here does that. Amen? <laughs> I hope we don't. But if we would truly, if we would just think about it for a moment, we wouldn't do it ever again. Set aside some time. Do you think that I pray with my children of a morning just because I'm trying to teach them repetition I want to brainwash them? No. That's not it. I want to teach them that they need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And if we don't build a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we will, we will nonchalantly, not a big deal, we won't even give him a time of day. It won't even be, it won't be like, I purposed in my heart to do this. It's not what it'll be. It'll just be what happens. And so it's important. Yes, the times that we're supposed to. I feel you need to pray for your food. Amen? I feel we need to pray in the morning. Amen? I feel we need to pray before we... Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord. My soul to keep. I hope it's a little more mature than that. But Amen? But we need to have those times. But in between those times... We need to have an intimate prayer life with Jesus Christ so that we can get to know him and we can get to know about his love. Praise God. Someone has said that it was not the spikes that held Jesus to the cross, but his great love for mankind. It was certainly love that led him to the cross. In spite of people's misunderstanding of his purpose and rejection of his person. He went to the cross in spite of pain, the humiliation, and the ultimate sacrifice of his life's blood. He willingly went. His death on the cross was a sacrificial atonement for the sin sins of the world his noble act will forever remain the most compelling evidence of his love for mankind he loves you and me if there's anybody in the room that you've ever felt depressed you've ever felt like nobody loves you you felt like it's all I, I just need to throw in the towel I just want you to think back to that little paragraph right there. Jesus, he came 
to show you and me how much he truly loves you. He came back so that he could build that relationship that he once had with mankind. So can I just submit to you on this first Wednesday night of this little series of he loves so we will love. That Jesus Christ, he loves you so we better take some time to love him. And the reason, I don't want to get ahead of myself and paint the picture of what we're going to have at the very end. But the reason we need to do that and the reason we need to have some comprehension of his love is so we can love like him. But if we don't want to take the time, amen, if we don't, that's what it's all about. It's about time. We got to take the time. We'll take the time for everything. Let's take the time to get to know him. Let's take the time to get some understanding of his love so we can truly love how he loves. And if we're going to reach a world that is lost and broken and hurting, we got to love how he loves because it doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter what you smell like. doesn't matter what ethnicity you come from. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what background you're from. It doesn't matter what walk of life that you're from. Amen. It doesn't matter if the Bible teaches against it and you live that way. Come on. We got to love the sinner but hate the sin. That's what God's love looks like. Stand to your feet all across the building. Man, I did good tonight, Sister Ginger. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you so very much. Thank you so very much for your love. And Lord, I'm asking... I'm asking, Lord, as the shepherd of this flock, Lord, that tonight and next Wednesday, for those that are here, Lord, it doesn't matter who it is, but, Lord, I believe that you order our steps. You order these words, oh, Lord. You put things in my spirit, Lord, for the congregation, for the flock of this church. Lord, I ask right now in your powerful matchless name that we would take it seriously that we would begin to digest these words and these scriptures and this exhortation, if you will. Lord, that we can be what you desire us to be for a lost and a dying world. For, Lord, you loved so we would love. You loved us so we would love others and show your love to a lost and a dying and a corrupt and messed up world. And Jesus, I want to do that. Jesus, I want Truth Church to be that kind of church. I want the men of Truth Church to be that kind of men. I want the ladies of Truth Church to be that kind of lady in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, you gave it all. You gave up everything, Jesus. To show us what real love is. And Lord, I hope that that can permeate from this atmosphere and permeate from this church. 
into the streets of Denison and Sherman, O oh Lord, into our school systems, O oh God, into our jobs and to our grocery stores and the people that we come in contact with in our neighborhoods. God, I want to be able to show that kind of love that you showed us and you showed mankind that you'll do whatever it takes to build a relationship with us. And Lord, I want to be able to teach and show and tell people that that's what you're desiring to do. So all we got to do is give you an opportunity and give you a chance. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. God bless you.